Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. We're now joined by Greg Rubel, voice of BYU Athletics. And, of course, their basketball team has been playing pretty well in the sledgehammer of the Big 12. We'll get to that with Greg. But, Greg, uh, overall, I know there's been talk about the BYU-Utah game being early November and not later in November, but overall, what has been the reaction among BYU faithful or the university athletic department when it comes to the schedule release today? Yeah, I think most of the obvious focus went to the BYU-Utah game and where it was placed. Not a big deal for me. It's been almost 15 years since uh, that was the last game of the year for these teams and uh, on a regular basis. And so, and, and since, in the interim, they've been hit and miss in terms of the schedule. They've been off each other's schedule multiple times in the last decade plus. So I, I'm okay with it where it is. Uh, and actually, you know, regardless of the outcome in that game, uh, you know, winner, winning team or losing team, there's a chance to still do some things after that. So it's nice in a, in a way to maybe not have all the eggs in that basket and everything builds up to that. Uh, in, in this way, there's still some things to do after that game. In BYU's situation, they've got KU at home at ASU and then Houston at home. So uh, whatever happens against Utah, there's, you know, there's still some, some ability to, to make movement late in the year uh, after the rivalry game, which may, not, may be kind of a refreshing thing as well. Uh, you, know, you, you play the, F, the FCS game to open, which is pretty traditional, but then it's back-to-back away games. And, and in a season where BYU could have had seven home games because they have the five mm-hmm. home Big 12 games, they're playing two away. Uh, they opted to keep a game in Laramie on the schedule. When they went to the Big 12, they reconfigured a lot of future dates, took a lot of teams off the schedule. They kept Wyoming on the road on that schedule. So they're going to go at SMU, at Wyoming, in back-to-back weeks in early September. So uh, not everyone gives themselves uh, two away games in their three-game non-conference portion of the schedule. But BYU did that with a power conference team, albeit a new ACC team in SMU, and then a group of five traditional rival in Wyoming. Greg, I know the fans are upset about not having that game, at least some of them are, not having the rivalry game in rivalry at the end of the year, that it's in the middle of the year. But um, does that create maybe an advantage with Houston coming in and God knows what the weather's going to be in late November in Provo as where you pretty much know what it's going to be in Houston? Yeah, uh, you, 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 you take a warm weather team uh, to the mountains on November 30th. I mean, that's anyone's guess. And so, yeah, I, I think BYU gets an advantage with altitude and weather with that game against that team. And again, it might mean something. Absolutely. Greg, any um, 
I guess, history with either of the Arizona schools or Colorado. I mean, we know there, there's some teams in the Big 12 still searching for their rival, and here comes Utah for BYU and vice versa. But any kind of background, really, that's notable for those who don't follow BYU football with any of the other three newcomers? Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, uh, Colorado, they won't see till next year. So uh, Colorado's a 2025 thing. But of those other three schools, if you want to go back in the day, uh, the old whack, BYU, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah were all conference members uh, of the old whack back in the 70s. Yep. And so uh, they started playing football against each other a long time ago. That is BYU and Arizona and Arizona State. So BYU's played Arizona uh, 25 times already, and BYU's played Arizona State uh, 28 times. And, and then you go to Utah, and, well, that's, you know, that, 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 that's 95 games. So um, these these Big 12 newcomers are pretty familiar to uh, – the Big 12 newcomers are familiar to BYU, with the exception of Colorado. Fewer games against BYU, despite the fact they're mountain border brethren. They don't play Colorado a lot, and they won't see until 25. You know, what, what about the travel with BYU, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, obviously out to the west, and then UCF has got a very long schedule on some of the road games, but they have a lot of teams that are – coming a long way to go play them as well. Is that is there anything there that you see as a quirk when it comes to that? Now, BYU goes by, home game, home game, to Orlando, then a bye. So e- even the one East Coast trip comes at a time that's pretty soft for BYU, relative to not making back-to-back road games, certainly not making back-to-back long trips. And so uh, the one long, long trip happens in a pretty good spot in the schedule. I do like the fact BYU doesn't leave the state of Utah but for once after October 26th. Hmm. So from, from late October to, to the end of November, BYU leaves the state once, and it's only to go down to Tempe. So I, I think they got a pretty good travel schedule this year. Uh, and again, to, to me, the heaviest lifting comes in, in those back-to-back away games at SMU and at Wyoming, really off the start of the season before league play even starts. Greg, uh, spring football is going to open up a lot of things for BYU. I know the season, first season of Big 12 didn't go their way, but um, how kind of wide open are our position battles going to be, particularly a quarterback and everything that's going to uh, go on there for the Cougs? Yeah, nothing really happened at, at running back for BYU in the portal. And so you're looking at, at what they had to get better. But at quarterback, that's where news was made because Gary Bohannon came. Mm-hmm. And and so that's, you know, that, that's the headline right now. Everything's going to go to quarterback because – uh, Keaton Slovis uh, didn't play the last four games of 2023 due to injury. He was the big get last year, of course, right? So the Slovis thing didn't quite work out as BYU hoped it would. Jake Retzloff got a four-game cameo at the end, but they were four losses. BYU faded to the finish. Uh, the Cougars were on pace to get to a bowl game at 5-2, and two, and somehow they missed the bowl game, losing five in a row to end the year, the last four under Jake Retzloff. So Retzloff's cameo, while it had some high points, didn't result in a single win, so they went out and got a quarterback to compete with Jake Retzloff and Gary Bohannon will be that primary competitor. So, yes, there will be battles other places, but everything's going to look to quarterback because there's a real question as to who the guy is uh, when the Cougars open the season against Southern Illinois on August 31st. Besides the obvious, but after two losses, Tech and then University of Houston to win that game on Saturday against Texas, um, uh, how how critical was that to, to get that win with two road games coming up against West Virginia and Oklahoma? A massive, massive win on Saturday. And that was a game BYU trailed by seven early, too. Texas came out banging threes. BYU wasn't taking or making a lot of threes, which is unusual for them. So it's a huge win. Uh, you know, the, the, the Texas Tech loss was the killer because they led by 16 at halftime in Lubbock. And, and then to lose that game, uh, having had such a commanding lead, and then follow that up by getting Houston to a 68-68 tie, 
with two minutes to go. BYU came back from double digits twice in the second half against Houston, got it to a tie ball game, and then could not score in the final two minutes, had a wide-open three for the lead with a guy that you want shooting it. So those, those were two tough losses in two very different ways, one where you lose a lead and another where you're taking on a top-five team and have them in a tie ball game in a rabid atmosphere and don't finish it off. So off two tough losses to, to beat Texas the way they did, uh, meant everything. You get back in the, you know, you're back in the mix. Three and four and two and five feels like a big difference here in the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. And then we saw how well Texas played last night, right? I mean, they, they had, I mean, they're leading Houston by six late, and it looks like okay, Texas is on top of this thing. And then those back to back to back threes by Houston just flipped the game. That said, it goes to overtime. But Texas is clearly a good team, and and that's a good win for BYU because the Longhorns had one back to back ranked teams, back to back ranked games going into the BYU game. So, uh, yeah, really big for BYU. And now the bye comes at a really good time. This is their one midweek bye. A lot of guys to rest up and get healthy. Uh, Morgantown's going to be no joke, though. I know everyone looks at West Virginia right now as kind of a get, but, mm. I mean, so, you know, Kansas and Texas probably not the same thing, and that didn't work out for them. So West Virginia's got their guys back. They're all together now. I, I think it's going to be a really, really tough game to win, despite the fact West Virginia is where it is in the standings. All right, so I text you. I was at the Baylor-TCU game that went forever and ever and ever. Great win for the Frogs. About the uh, the T-shirts and the students, just to clarify what happened, because a lot of people saw that there was the post by Mitch Harper, and the uh, next thing you know, those T-shirts are gone, and everybody immediately likes to point the finger at Texas, and, and there's some of that that's uh, deservedly so, but... You made the comment that, no, this was something BYU asked him to do. Did you even know that was a thing before you got my text? Yeah, no, I, I saw the shirts in the front row uh, before the game. And BYU, I think, was a better safe than sorry situation. They just didn't want to have anything you know, become something. And, and as a result, you know, either way, it's a story, right? Whether they're there or they're getting taken off, the fact they were presented visually you know, it became a story. But I, I think BYU just wanted it to not be a bigger thing than it might already be. And, and there was no you know, brush back or fight back from the students. It was just a thing that kind of came and went. And, you know, I, I don't think it's a huge deal. It's just in the timing of everything. Uh, I, I think BYU wanted to make sure it didn't become something more uh, than it was initially. And, and it was something BYU wanted to kind of head off at the past. And it's not have it be a deal. And I'm sure Texas wouldn't have raised a big ruckus about it either. But uh, I think they wanted to, you know, be overly sensitive. And they even took some heat for that, right? You know, yeah. I, you know, like they, yeah. this is all good. You know, it's good, clean fun. It's not obscene. It's not offensive. It's just you know, students being students. But I, I totally understand um, both sides of the coin, and, and not surprised at all that BYU kind of wanted to again extinguish it before it became anything big. Thanks for your time, Greg. Uh, good luck the rest of the way. Enjoy a little bit of a break, and then BYU, as you mentioned, on the road the next couple of games, winning on Saturday at, uh, against Texas. And appreciate his time. The voice of BYU Athletics, Greg Rubel, with us on 365 Sports when we come back. A couple other notes to get to, including Tennessee is on the clock when it comes to the NCAA. What's of Tennessee, Florida State. Who else? We'll get to that. Florida. Florida. Mac Rhodes, Baylor Director of Athletics, around the corner. Craig's off the radar and Paul's top five. All of that and more. We appreciate your time. If you haven't, please hit the like button. If you haven't, please subscribe if you can. And also spread the word whenever that's possible. And this is 365 Sports. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.